0: Yo, what's up friends and fam in the room, great to see you guys. My name is Nathan, I'm one of the pastors here, thanks for crashing a party. And if you're watching online, I was, I was just watching uh, on one of the computers in the back, we got some first timers joining us online uh, from the area, so always glad to have you uh, in, the, in the building, kind of with us on, on video. So uh, we're in the middle of this series on Samson, and uh, I learned something about you guys this week. Uh, Studies show that the average person sitting in a church on a Sunday morning gives the pastor three minutes to convince them to listen for the rest of the sermon. Three minutes. You determine, all right, does this guy uh, have what it takes? Uh, Is he going to talk about a subject that I care about? Uh, like what I, I'm gonna determine now. So like that's, that's usually why, like I'll start with a story or a joke or a personal thing about my life. Cause I know y'all got short attention spans. Uh, you and my eight year old, just like three minutes, uh, that's it. And so if you determine that what we're talking about today doesn't apply to you, then like, you know what happens. You know what we do. We'll pull a notebook out and start making out the grocery list for this upcoming week. And uh, some of you are going out to lunch after the service today and you already got their website pulled up. You're looking at the menu. You've already downloaded it. You're like, yeah, huh queso, I want that. Uh, we're going to have, yes, we're going to have that. And um, so, or, or you just like open up social media and you're just cruising uh, just to figure out what everybody else is, is, is doing. And so uh, I want to, uh, when I start this morning, it's the same as everything. You tell a story or a joke or make a connection, but it's ultimately driving towards the main point because that's what everybody wants to know. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, what is it i can remember uh, when i was in college going to church and like those first couple of minutes when the pastor was was preaching i was like well what is he going to talk about does this apply to my life is this something that i even care about Uh, have i ever heard anything about this subject before and uh, man just just trying to figure out like is the hook going to be set or or not and so that's what i want to do let me just tell you right now what we're going to talk about today and uh, give you the subject the big idea and you can determine whether or not you want to pay attention. If you want to check out, that's cool. Uh, but I would argue uh, that it applies to every single person in the room. We've been talking about the character flaws of Samson for the past four weeks. Uh, I want to learn from the mistakes of others so that I don't make those same mistakes, right? And so the, the fifth character flaw, maybe the most infamous in the life of Samson. When I say Samson, and you hear that name, maybe this is the flaw that you think of the most. Today, we're going to be talking about, you ready? Lust. Hey, aren't you glad you brought a friend today? Let's go. You can turn to him right now and say, hey, he does not tell us ahead of time. I did not invite you to the lust sermon. Please don't. Please don't take this uh, the wrong way so for some of you it's no surprise because when we talked about Samson uh you you know it's it's not just the story of Samson you never hear Samson's name by itself it's Samson and Delilah right so he's forever known and connected to one of his biggest mistakes one of his biggest struggles and and that was was lust but some of you you, you've already got your menu out you're looking at it because you're convinced you don't struggle with this this is something, you know, this is not my problem. I know some other people have that problem, but lust is not a problem that I have. I would, I would argue, though, if you don't think it's a problem that you have, maybe your definition is too small. So let me broaden it out real quick. Let me give you a good working definition of, of lust uh, to make sure everybody knows that we're in the same room together and it applies to everybody. Lust is, is this, it's simple. I see it, I want it, and I can't change it. I see something, and I want something, and there's nothing that I can do about it. So for sure, there is a a sexual nature, that a physical nature uh, to that, maybe the most common that you think of when you hear the word lust, but I think there's also many ways in our lives where we can struggle with this temptation of, I see it, I want it, and I can't change it. Think about the last time you went to Walmart or the grocery store. I'm a list guy, so I have a list, and I can't tell you the last time I went to Walmart and I didn't leave with more items than were on my list. And I'll bring something back from the grocery store or back from something from Walmart and Elizabeth will be like, what is this? I'm like, well, it's a leaf blower. <laughs> why did you do that? Well, I saw it and I wanted it <laughs> and it was on sale. <laughs> it's an impulse buy, right? There's a reason why the candy is right there at the, at the, the checkout because we see it. It's not on our list. We see it, we want it. And we're like, yeah, let me let me throw it in there. The as seen on TV. You ever bought anything as seen on TV? I don't know why. Like it's gonna be broken in a week tops. But for some reason, we're like, oh my goodness, like a lint roller hooked up to my hair dryer. I gotta have that. That's awesome. I got. Yes, put that in the cart, right? Aluminum foil that you can put on your grill and wash. Who would want to just pay a dollar for regular aluminum foil and throw it away? Let's, let's buy the kind that you have to wash afterwards that costs $19.97. It's an impulse buy. That's lust. I see it, I want it, and i got to have it. Uh, for some Americans, uh, you have a lust for stuff. Um, the latest statistics on credit card debt is this. 55% of Americans today are carrying credit card month, uh, debt month to month. You know how you get credit card debt? I see it. I want it. And even though I don't have the money for it, even though I can't afford it, I gotta have it. And I, I can't change it. Uh, in the last 12 months, credit card debt in America has risen 13%. So like all the COVID stuff and inflation, that ain't stopped nobody. We're still swiping it. I see it. I want it. And even if I can't afford it, even if I know I don't have the money for it, I can just swipe it on the card and, and I, gotta, I gotta have it. Uh, For some people, it's food. We have a a lust over food. Um, Latest statistics, 71% of Americans are overweight. 71% of Americans see it, and they want it, and they can't stop from eating it. There's a reason why when you go out to a restaurant, at the end of the meal, the waitress will come out to you and say, would you like to see a dessert menu? And unless you're a psychopath, you say, yes, of course I want to see it. I don't really want it, but like, I want to see it. And then you see it, and you see it, and then you want it, and then you order it, and you eat it. There's a reason why when you go through the drive-thru, they ask you, do you want this supersized? You want that to be a large fry? How about a milkshake? You want me to tag a milkshake on there? Because they know. If you can think about it and you see it, then you'll want it, and most people can't, can't turn it down. And maybe that's an area that you, that you struggle with in your life. And then, obviously, the sexual nature of it. If you look at the divorce rate in America, uh, almost half of divorces end because of infidelity. I see it. I want it. I can't do anything about it. Can't change it. Cannot help it. And we end up risking it all and, and losing so much of what we have. And that was the struggle for Samson. So, just to make sure we're all on the same page this sermon's for everybody. That subject matter is for everybody that we're gonna talk about. And Samson had a real problem with seeing something and having an an inability to not desire it, especially when it came to cute gals. I mean, Samson was a sucker for a cute girl. Uh, Multiple times in Samson's story, we read that he had a problem with this lust of the eyes. I see it and I want it. In, In Judges chapter 14, The the first three verses read like this. One day when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. That's how lust works. I see it first. Samson saw a cute thing walk by and he's like, I see it. Oh, I see it. And I like it. Verse two, when he returned home, he told his father and mother. He couldn't stop thinking about it. Man, that girl, it's been on my mind all the way home. He saw it and he wanted it wanted so much he couldn't get it off of his mind so he told his parents i want to marry her get her for me when he returned he told his father a young philistine woman in temna caught my eye that's how lust works it catches your eye i want to marry her go get her for me how romantic is that right ladies you want to get swept off your feet don't you let a guy look at you and be like get her <coughs> bring her to me His father and mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites that you can marry? They asked, why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me. She looks good to me. (laughs) Ah, Dude's on a struggle bus, man. That's how lust works. I see it. I want it. Gotta have it. Bring it to me. Bring it to me, mom. Bring, bring Bring it to me, dad. Two chapters later, In chapter 16, we realize Samson never addressed the character issue that he had. And in chapter 16, it says, one day Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Now, it doesn't get any more details than that, but heads up, Samson didn't walk into the brothel to say, hey, I'd like an opportunity to speak to the women about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Nah, he had a lust problem. I see it. I want it. Bring her to me. Just three verses later, we meet the third woman that's in Samson's life in verse four. Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the Valley of Soaring. Next week, we're going to close down the Samson series on the story of Samson and Delilah. But the the pattern is inevitable. Like you can see it. Samson had a problem. He couldn't look at a girl and not be interested. I see it. I want it and I can't change it, gotta have her, go get her for me. And if it's not the Timnite woman that was the Philistine, it's the prostitute, if it's not the prostitute, it's some gal uh, named Delilah, and he never addressed those things, and if you know what happens with the story of Delilah, that is the ultimate reason why Samson lost his life. Went to the well too many times, didn't address the character issue enough in his his life. That was definitely a, a struggle for Samson. So bad with him that, that you can't even tell the story of Samson. You can't even mention Samson's name without it being attached to this other woman's name, Delilah. So, is this message for you? For sure. It's for everybody in the room. All of us desire something, all of us have a lust for something, whether it's more money or more stuff or, or food or uh, a sexual attraction that we just can't control. All of us struggle with something. So this message is is for everybody. Paul says it like this in in 1 Corinthians 10, the temptations in your life, the lusts that you have, lust of the eyes, lust of the heart, lust of the flesh, they're no different from what others experience. Everybody struggles, everybody has it. Not a single person in here is void of, of this issue in their heart and mind. Here's what Paul says, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. The Bible teaches us that everyone struggles with something. Everyone in this room. Now, you may not struggle with the same thing that your spouse struggles with, or the person sitting behind you struggles with, or the thing that I struggle with, but everybody in this room struggles with lust. I see it, I want it, and I got to have it so it's applicable applicable to to everybody in the room uh, another verse i want to share with you philippians chapter 4 verse 13 you probably have heard uh, philippians four thirteen. old tim tebow uh had it under his eye black uh when he played every game like any christian athlete you ask them what's their favorite verse and they're like philippians 4 13 i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i can dunk a basketball i can win the championship that's what they think it means not what it means but philippians 4 For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, but maybe you haven't heard Philippians 4, 14. The next verse says this. Even so, you have done well to share with me in your present difficulty. Here's what Paul said. Not only does everyone struggle with something, but everyone needs help. Paul said it. I know that I can, every distraction, every temptation, I can battle against because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But, (laughs) thanks for being in my corner I'm I'm so glad I've surrounded myself with friends and people that are pushing me to to make sure I don't fall into that trap and make sure I don't wreck my life. And and Paul believed that you needed Christ and community. Like you needed Jesus 100%, but you also need people in your life that are gonna help push you in the right direction to become the man or the woman that God has called you to, to be. Christ and community. So here's the key for us today. Everyone struggles with it. No one's exempt. And... All of us have to face it. All of us have to battle it, not just by ourselves, but with people around us. Here's the next thing. The key for us is to to, to make today the moment where we recognize that we're going to do something about it. I'm gonna make a decision that I don't, I don't wanna be marked by this anymore. I don't wanna struggle with this anymore. I don't want this to become my identity, these things, these lusts that I have. You gotta make up your mind that you're gonna do something about it. Make up your mind. In Psalm 119, David says this, I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. David just had a moment where he's like, hey, I'm just gonna make up my mind. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. But from here on out, God, I'm determined that I'm going to honor you. I'm determined that I'm going to do things your way. I'm determined to live my life in a way to keep your laws and decrees to the very end of my life. Just make a decision. Today's the day to make a decision. I'm not going to be marked by that anymore. I am determined that I'm not going to struggle in that area anymore. So how do you do that? Well, I want to share with you three things real quick, three things, ways to change as you battle with lust and struggle with this idea that sometimes I see things and I want these things and it feels like I can't control it because if you don't get a grasp on that, man, that's a character flaw that's going to wreck your life. And I don't want you to be like Samson and get to the very end and realize you've lost everything because there was a recurring theme that you didn't address. So here's three things that Samson failed to do, three things he never recognized, three things that I want you to write down today. If you're taking notes, you can uh, open up the app or jot them down in your notes uh, right next to your grocery list. Number one, uh, be specific. When it comes to changing in your life, you and I have to be specific. Sometimes I will will talk to people and they'll give me real generic goals for their life. Like, I just want to be a good person. (laughs) What does that mean? Uh, I I just want to follow God. Well, what does that mean? That sounds like a great goal. What does that mean? Here's what I've realized um, about generalities. General commitments never lead to specific results. You have to be specific in what you're trying to do, specific in the area of growth that you're pursuing right now because you just, you just won't wake up one day and realize, yeah, yesterday I said I was gonna be a better person and heads up, I woke up and I was a better person today. It's not how it works. You gotta say, if this is a lust that I struggle with, this is a temptation that I continue to fall into, I gotta name it, I gotta be specific in that. I, I wanna become more like Jesus, I wanna take my next step, Well, what is it? Be specific about it. You've probably heard the, the name Job. Job was a guy in the Bible, uh, he's got a Old Testament book written about him, and the book starts out with the, the, the author saying that Job was a righteous man. He was a God-loving, God-fearing, God-honoring man. But even Job had some struggles. Even Job knew that he had to be specific about the things in his life that he was fighting against. Here's what Job 31.1 says. I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. He's like, hey man, I want to be specific. Job didn't say, I made a decision today to be a better person. I made a decision today to just try not to sin. Nah, he got specific with it. He said, man, look, I'm not going to look at, at anything that would cause me to stumble, that would cause me to fall into temptation. I'm just not gonna do it. And he called it out specifically. Unfortunately, Samson never said that. Samson never got specific about the things that he struggled with and it ended up catching him. So if, if you're here and you're an impulse buyer, right? And and like every time you get online, I don't know how old Mark Zuckerberg does it, but he puts that ad of that very thing that you want at the time on your Instagram feed. You know, what? it might be time if you struggle with that, you need to like unfollow some some things. Maybe you're following that store where they love to post, hey, today only online, 60% off. And you're like 60% off. I mean, I feel like like, that would be bad stewardship not to buy it at more than half off. I mean, come on, this is honoring God. I'm getting this for 60% off. And we click on it and we see it and we want it and there's nothing we can do. You gotta be specific, man. You gotta unfollow that. You gotta, you gotta get that out of your life. If you struggle with alcohol, like just go ahead and make the decision. Hey, late at night, I'm, I'm not gonna be hanging out at a bar. I know where that leads. I can't control it. Uh, like one or two drinks turns into a 12 pack, like real quick. I just can't do it, I can't be around that scene. And so you gotta be specific, I'm not going to be there. If you like watching a ball game in one of those restaurants where they got TVs all over the wall, like you know, I know where that leads, man. That ball game is three hours long and I'm gonna be there 30 minutes early and like sometimes I, I, I wake up the next day and I look at my bank account and there's $1,000 gone, what happened? I mean, you gotta get your wings and take them home with you, okay? <laughs> like don't eat them there, go watch it on your own TV. You got to eliminate that. Be specific with the things that you struggle with or you, you just, it, it'll never happen. You'll never reach specific results. Uh, for some of you, you need some like parameters in your dating relationship. Uh, because if you don't set parameters and you're not specific about it, then you're going to end up messing up. And so you just got to decide now. You guys had a great dinner and, and you got dessert afterwards. And then one of them says, hey, you want to you come up to my place? You want to come upstairs? Play some board games. Come on, man! Don't bring Connect Four into this. You know you're not going up there for Twister. I guess I'm gonna move on from that. So you gotta make the decision now. That's a specific thing that you know I struggle with. So no, hey, you know what? The dinner was great. Dessert was fantastic. You want to hang out again? I'm gonna be at Revo at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Come see me. Come sit by your boy. You gotta be specific with the areas that you struggle with or, or you'll, you'll fail. Uh, for me, we got a rule in, in our house. Like I love Little Debbie's. I don't know if y'all love those or not. Uh, I've talked about, about my affections for them in the past. And, uh, but we buy Little Debbie's to put in my kids' lunchboxes every day. And um, well, about half of the ones that they buy make it to the lunchboxes. Uh, and the other ones are mysteriously disappear. <laughs> Uh, I love little Debbie's like I love them and uh, but we have this rule like for Elizabeth and I we're like hey we can't if it's in the house I'm gonna eat it okay so like don't even bring them into the house there's a zero chance I'm opening up my pantry and be like hey a pack of cosmic brownies and shutting the door and walking away and getting a banana it's not gonna happen I'm telling you and so I'm like hey I know that the way I got to be specific is hey we're not gonna bring cosmic brownies into the house because you know the problem with cosmic brownies I can't just eat one Cosmic Brownie. Let me tell you what happens. I open up the pantry and I get a Cosmic Brownie out and I put it in a bowl and microwave it for eight seconds. Eight is the perfect, don't do nine, it gets too hot. If you do it for seven, the inside won't be mushy. And then I get Tillamook ice cream out of the freezer, one scoop, two scoops. And then sometimes there's only a little bit left. And I'm like, I can't put that back in there. So like, <laughs> can't do it. And so, you know, I see it, I want it, gotta have it. So you gotta be specific. Hey, we're not gonna bring those in the house. Those aren't gonna be there because if they're here, then, then I'm gonna eat them. So be specific about whatever the lust problem that you have, be specific about it. Number two, you gotta be realistic. Uh, got to be realistic, um, you are going to struggle. Every single person in this room and watching online is going to struggle with something. Lust is an issue for every person in here. There is something that you see it and you want it and you got to have it and there's nothing that you can do to, to change it. And so we got to be honest about that. Where it gets really dangerous is when you get people that are convinced that they don't struggle with it. Oh, that would never happen to me. If you ever hear somebody say that, I mean, you can almost guarantee that's the first person it's going to happen to. The one that says, it'll it'll never happen to me. Here's where Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 10. He says, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Like the very person that sits there and be like, I'm good, man, I'm strong. I've defeated that. Don't struggle with it anymore. Not a temptation, I'm good. That's the very person that finds themselves with a cosmic brownie in their hand. That's how it happens. So Paul says, man, if you, if you really want to know who's getting ready to trip up, it's the people that are convinced that this message isn't for them. Those will be the first people that fall flat on their face. Samson was convinced. His mom tried to beg him, you don't want to go to that girl. You don't want that business in your life. That's drama. That doesn't lead. He was convinced. No, man, I'm a grown man with great hair and big muscles. I can control myself. I don't struggle with those things. And it ended up costing him his, his life. Uh, Jesus talked about it like this. When he taught his disciples how to pray, um, he, he uses this specific language that we're to pray every day. Like be realistic that you're going to struggle every single day. But in Matthew 6, 11, Jesus said this, give us today the food that we need. And what Jesus was saying is more than just like, hey, be sure to pray that like God will give you some bread. He was making the point that we should pray and come to God for what we need every single day. We have to come to him every single day. You wanna know how you're gonna beat lust and fight those things that you see and that you want and that you think you can't change? Every day trusting in God, every day relying on him. A friend of mine, David, has this, this saying that I've heard him say many times. Um, and when, when you talk about the issue of moral failure and, and, and giving in to, to, to lust in various areas of our lives, he said, I can't tell you that it'll never happen to me but I can promise you that it won't happen today. Because the Bible says, the person that says it'll never happen to me, that's the person it's gonna happen to. But when Jesus frames it, he says, every day be specific and make your request, be realistic that this is something that you struggle with, something that the enemy could use to trip you up. And so every day ask God, make a commitment. When your feet hit the floor, hey God, I can't promise you I'm not gonna make any mistakes in my life, but I'm committing to you today that I am not gonna fall into that temptation of lust. I'm not gonna do it, not today. I'm being resolute about it. I'm making that decision. And I can't promise you about tomorrow, but here's the promise about tomorrow. When you get up tomorrow, let your feet hit the ground and say, today, not today, Satan. (laughs) Not gonna happen today. I'm making a commitment to God today that I'm gonna remain faithful to your laws and to your decrees. And every day, Jesus says, come to God and say, give me what I need for today. I'll give you exactly what you need. Mercies will be new in the morning for what you're gonna face tomorrow morning. But today, ask God for those things that you need. I don't want you to be like Samson and think that you're invincible. This doesn't apply to me. It would never happen to me and end up losing everything in your life. So I wanna be realistic. uh, But number three, we need to be optimistic I think too many times uh, when we talk about a, a, a topic like lust, your mind can automatically go to your failures. All the times you've messed up, all the times you dropped the ball, all the times you swore you would never do it again, only to do it like you've never done it before. <laughs> it's amazing. Even today, you might be thinking, man, the thing that he's talking about in my life is something that I did last night. Like, I can't believe, can't believe this is going on right now. And you can easily walk out of here defeated and thinking, well, you know what? My... My grandparents struggled with this. My parents struggled with this. I struggle with this. Like, this is just my lot in life. There's nothing that I can do to change. It's never gonna get any better. So I might as well just figure out a way that I can control it and contain it to where it doesn't hurt anyone else. And we get this pessimistic view that this is just who we are. And when it comes to some categories, we're just losers. Like, we're just just innately wired this way. But that's not what the scriptures teach. here's what Paul says. When you you get in this tough spot where you're telling yourself you're never gonna overcome it, you can never get past it, you'll always struggle with it. This is just what ladies deal with. This is just what guys deal with. It is just part of human nature. Here's what Paul says in Philippians 4.8. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Paul says, man, you know how you're gonna defeat it? Fix your thoughts on things that are good. Like that's how lust works. Remember, it's I see it first and then I want it and there's nothing I can do about it. Well, here's the reality. What you think about is affecting your feelings and what you feel then affects your actions. And so Paul says, hey man, don't, don't let your feelings Determine your decisions. Let your decisions dictate your feelings, right? Feelings follow decisions. So make up your mind. Decide that with the help of God, this is something that you can overcome in your life. Don't be a victim to it. Don't let it become a part of your identity for the rest of your life. Make up your mind so that your mind determines your actions and your actions determine your future. Figure that out first. So if we're not supposed to lust, what's the opposite of lust? Uh, The opposite of lust would be love. It would be what God gave us. See, lust is this. I see it, I want it, and I can't change it. But real love shown to us by God is this. God sees me, God loves me, and God can change me. See, scripture tells us that if if we would give our lives to him, if we would make the decision to follow him, then here's here's what happens when you begin a relationship with Jesus. Jesus begins to slowly change your heart. And because your heart and your mind change, then your actions and your feelings begin to change as well. That's how God does it, slowly over time. It won't be like a flip of a switch, right? But slowly over time, God makes your mind new. And he changes your heart, changes your desires, changes your feelings, and you won't be the same person that you used to be once God enters into the equation. Don't don't get it mixed up because there's plenty of self-care, self-help books on the bookshelf today that are telling you that all you need to change your life is willpower. All you need is just to, to make up your mind that you're better and that that you're stronger and and, and the power lies in you. And when you fail, it's because your willpower wasn't strong enough. That's ridiculous. You are never going to change by yourself. If you could change by you, you would have done it already. You can't. God is the only one that can change you. Paul even said that in Romans. Let me leave you with these verses right here. See if you can relate to this. Paul says, I wanna do what is good, but I don't. Like, I don't want to struggle with it. I don't want to give in to temptation. I don't want to have lust in, of my eyes or my heart or my flat, I don't want to do that. And Paul says, but I, I know what's good and I want to do it, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Paul's like, willpower has nothing. I like, I want, like nobody has more willpower than me. I want to do what's right. I don't want to do what's wrong. And Paul musters up all of his strength. And he's like, and you know what happened? The exact opposite of what I wanted to happen. The exact opposite of what I said was going to happen. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Some of you are in a generational cycle where you've struggled. And you're thinking to myself, who's going to break it? How's it gonna change? Listen to what Paul says, thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is, in my mind, I really wanna obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Something amazing happens. When you begin a relationship with Jesus, he begins to change, not your willpower, he changes you. He changes your heart. And he takes you from this sinful nature to this new creation. He changes you from the inside out. And you begin to talk differently and act differently and treat people differently and respond differently. And like everything about you will begin to change once Jesus is at the center. All of us struggle with something. All of us need some help. And Paul said it starts with Jesus, then surrounding yourself with with people that'll help you and push you in the right direction, that'll help you set up some parameters in your life. They won't let any little Debbies get in the pantry of your life. Paul says, lean into those things, not willpower, but allow God to change you from the inside out through his son, Jesus. That's my hope and my prayer today. If you you do that, then you won't get to the end of your life like Samson did and realize that you wrecked it, that you wasted it, that you are there left picking up the pieces because you saw it and you wanted it and you convinced yourself that you had to have it and you couldn't change. Love does something different. God saw you in your brokenness and God loved you enough to send his son Jesus. And because of that, your life can change today. Would you pray with me? I don't know how God wants to speak to you in these next few minutes. Uh, Man, Just would you just open up your heart and ears to hear from him? just to ask, God, what's the next step for me? Spend a, spend a little time in, in prayer asking, God, I, I, don't, I don't wanna walk out struggling with the same things that I walked in struggling with. And I know that you can change that in my life. God, thank you for this challenge from your word. Thank you for the opportunity that we can have to learn from the mistakes of someone else, to look at a life that was squandered in so many ways And to have the opportunity this morning to make the decision. I'm not going to do that anymore. God, you can help me. Jesus can change my life. God, give us the wisdom to know what to do with the words that we have just heard. And the boldness to take the next step together this morning. I pray and ask those things in your son Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at